Well, again, good afternoon, and it's good to see this good number here tonight, and we are most thankful for your presence, uh, our regular members and those who may be uh, visiting with us tonight, and we hope you've had a good afternoon and that things are uh, well with you, and uh, we hope that we escape some uh, stormy weather tonight, and we escaped some flooding. They talk about a lot of rain and coming in. So um, we know the Lord will take care of his people. So again, thanks for you being here tonight. We're continuing our study tonight in the book of Proverbs. And we're looking tonight, last week we looked at wisdom in the workplace. Tonight, <clears throat> I want us to turn our attention the thought of the wisdom that we can find in the book of Proverbs concerning our speech, things that we say. Um, we alluded to it a little bit this morning uh, in our Bible study, and um, wisdom regarding speech. Christians are to give careful heed to their speech. What we say, when we say it, and how we say it. And of course, what we say is very, very important. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and Verse 29 says to us to avoid corrupt words. But use speech that edifies. You go into the next chapter in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5 and verse 4, says abstain from filthy talk. And instead of talking those ways, and, and, and we know what we're talking about there, he says to talk or to give thanks, be thankful instead. The book of Proverbs has much to say about the words that come out of our mouths. <clears throat> the power of speech. The words that you and I choose to allow to flow from our mouths can harm, can cut, and cut deeply. But they have the ability as well, or we have the ability as well, to use those words to uplift people. To be able to encourage people. And I guess tonight the question we need to ask, how are we using our words? Are we using our words to, to slander or uh, filthy talk or to, to hurt people? Or are we using them to encourage people and uplift them or to give thanks to God? You see... 
in the book of Proverbs in chapter 11 and verses 9 and verse 11 says that we can use those words to tear down and to build up. Verse 9 says, A hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Verse 11 says, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. How are we using our words in our home toward our spouses, toward each other, toward our children, or our children back to the mother and father, or in the workplace to our co-workers, or uh, to other people just in common everyday life? How are we using those? What wisdom tonight can be gleaned from Proverbs concerning our speech or language? And I think the first that we look at is our destructive speech. I listed a few here, lying. Lying in the world today and not telling the truth seems to be just a common thing. There's really, no, there's really no shame or really no uh, regret anymore when one would tell a lie. We just kind of look at it and say, well, that's all right. They'll never know the truth. They'll never know that I said this or that, said that or didn't do this or didn't do that. But I can assure you tonight, there's one who does know every lie that we tell. God knows it. And lying is an abomination to God. Not being truthful, young people, with your parents, or not being truthful in school with your teachers, or truthful on tests, uh, as far as when you take tests and, and cheating, that's, that's lying. That's stealing. Even in our workplaces, we, we tend to, to not just tell the truth. We want to stretch it a little bit, or we want to change it a little bit. We want to, to say, well, I, I may look bad if I tell the truth. But lying, no matter where it occurs, is a sin. And as Proverbs 12 and verse 22 speaks and tells us, it's an abomination to God. God can't stand it. He can't stand it. You go into Proverbs chapter 6 and and verses uh, 17 through 19. It it makes God, really we could say, sick to his stomach. And in 17 through 19 it says, There are six things that the Lord hates. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Lying lips, a lying tongue, 
bearing false witness. And as we see in the book of Proverbs, in chapter 10 and verse 18, often that lying and that uh, false witness is fostered by hatred. Maybe we have something against someone else and we tell a lie to make it, make that person more evil, we could say, in other people's eyes. Often it's in efforts to hide that hatred, trying to disguise one's true feelings, which will prove to be short-lived, Proverbs 12 and 19 says to us. Just for a moment. Sweet at first. We think, oh, we've got away with it or we've told that lie and they believed it. We've all, you've always heard that one lie leads to another, doesn't it? When you start one lie, you have to eventually tell another lie to cover up that lie. When you're, not, when you're not honest about things, it leads to other things in, in your life. <clears throat> and at first, it seems like, oh, it's a great thing. But then you get into such a position and a web of lies that you don't remember what you said to whoever you said it to. And then you forget, and then sometimes you often get caught in your lies. God says he hates lying lips. We need to understand tonight according to lying, and this is not really most of the time a common problem, but I think it's more common than what we really think because we, we often sugar it up and paint it up by saying what? A little white lie. It was just a, a little lie. It was just a little dishonesty, folks, let me tell you. And you know this. A lie is a lie. A mistruth is a mistruth. We can call it a white lie if we want to. We can say I had to lie because it was the best thing to do. Uh, we, we, can, we can butter it up, paint it up, decorate it ever how we want to, but lying is lying. And we live in a world that takes and encourages those things. As I teach in the school system and have taught for some 18 years now, when I started even back in 2002, lying was prevalent, cheating in school was prevalent, but it's more so now than what you really realize. It's more so now that as, as I talk to teachers at the higher level that uh, a lot of our young people, and I mean our, I mean our young people who are church-going young people in this county are involved in those things because, oh, it's just, it's just, a, 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 it's just this class. I just got to get through it, and, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna take and, and do whatever I got to do. And it's so easy now. You know, used to if one wanted to lie and cheat in school, they really had to be crafty. They put them on the inside of their glasses, and they put them on the bottom of their shoes. They'd write them on their hand, their back of their hand, wouldn't they? 
or they'd steal the test. But now it's so common and so easy, it's a click of a button. If you want to know the answer to anything in the world today, what do you do? You Google it, don't you? You hit that button and it tells you, oh, here's the answer. It's so easy for our children to be caught in those things. And that's a sin. That's a sin. And we need to teach our young people and our older people as well, even in the workplace, to always tell the truth. I can remember my grandmother. Boy, she really, really pushed that. She'd always say that the truth will find you out. And I'm going to tell you there every time it did. You might get away with it one time, but eventually it's going to catch up with you. But what about as far as destructive speech other than lying? What about flattery? <clears throat> one says, what do, you, what do you mean flattery? Flattering someone. Not sincere compliments but deceitful praise to win another's favor or maybe to manipulate. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you, it's mainly common among our young people. The other day I was in a situation in a group of kids. Driving, I was driving a bus, actually. And a young lady got on the bus, and this late young lady didn't live in the most of what we would say good homes. Very humble little girl and never says a crossword that I've ever seen to anyone. And as she got on the bus, some of what we call our good children, and if I called their names, then y'all would know who they are looked at this young lady and said, oh, I love your clothes. Those are really name brand clothes. Boy, I love them. Where'd you get those? The dollar store? You know what? I nearly wrecked until I got to the point where I could, I ate their lunch. Flattery, unsincere things, mocking. And it's more common, again, in our, in our younger people. But we as older ones are guilty as well. Those unsincere compliments, we find ourselves in those situations. Proverbs 26 and 28 says that that type of stuff is a source of ruin. often crushing others, by entrapping those who are flattered, often using effectively by uh, the adulteress. Proverbs 6 and 24 and 7 and 21 speaks of that adulterous woman, truly evil woman, that flatters that young man or vice versa who uses as enticing speech to seduce that young man or young lady, like lying, like being 
telling a lie. Flattery can destroy both the user and the subject of it. And this is a common problem. A lot of times, <coughs> used to, and we talk, we call it bullying nowadays, and that's what it is. Because I've watched that young lady go to her bus seat, her head dropped. She hid behind the seat because that's when the giggles and the laughing began. Some might say, well, I would never say that where they could hear me. It's no different. When we treat people like that, it brings ruin to all of us. But what about, we've looked at lying and flattery and unsincere comments and things about people. What about gossip? Also known as a talebearer, slanderer, whisperer. Proverbs 11 and verse 13 speaks to that same thought. Verse 13, a talebearer revealeth secrets. But he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. I've always said, and I tell myself this a lot. <laughs> How many times have you had to say this? I'd have been better off if I'd have kept my mouth shut. It's just something about it sometimes. We feel like that we have to share those things, especially if it's something really juicy or what we could say about other people or about other things. And I think we as Christians should try to conceal those things. They're eventually going to come out. Those things are going to come out. But we shouldn't be a talebearer, one who gossips, one who whispers, And we know that that's way more too common, especially in where we live. We hear a whole lot, don't we, real quick about things. One who reveals secrets, unlike a faithful person. It's a betrayal and it destroys friendships. Proverbs 17 and verse 9 <clears throat> speaks of it this way. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth harpeth on a matter, separateth very friends. Destroys friendships. By repeating a matter. Well, what are you talking about by repeating a matter? If you possibly have to say, hey, and I've been guilty of this. I'm not going to say for a second I haven't. Don't say anything about this to somebody. You probably don't need to say it. Or if you say, hey, did you hear what happened? And I mean, I know we have accidents and wrecks and things that we talk. I'm not talking about those things. But I'm talking about things that can be hurtful to people. And that if those things were going on about you and about me, would we want someone going around and saying those things? Maybe personal things in our families that's going on and, and maybe you're aware of that and, and you say, oh, did you hear what happened? Did you, did you know this? Did you know that? We need to be careful with those things. 
because it just continues to fan the fire, doesn't it? And the hurt continues to go. You see, when one who truly loves like we should as Christians, we will remain silent. Whether whether it's true or whether it's not, or incidental or gossip, it destroys both the user and the subject. So we need to be careful with that topic of gossip. Talking when we should be quiet. You know, a lot of people in your life and my life that you know and we all know make mistakes. We often make mistakes. There's some mistakes that I, I hope nobody knows about. And I most certainly don't want them repeated. Because what would that do to you or to me as a Christian? It, it takes away uh, the influence that we have. And the less people who know, the better off we are. Especially if we have the right kind of mentality of repentance and confession. What about cursing? <clears throat> That's a common thing, isn't it? Using words that are not appropriate. As a Christian, we use profanity. You know the words. We all grew up with them. They really hadn't changed any. There are some, some new ones now. Some things that just really aren't good. They're slang words that we use. We use God's name in vain, and a lot of people think that you have to put a G and a D together to do that, and all you don't. Oh, my. It's slain for God. It's using his name in vain. But what about cursing? What about cursing? Does your children or grandchildren or have your grandchildren or children or your nieces or nephews or whatever ever heard you use profanity? Now, you just answer that to yourself. Has your friends that you go to school with or you work with ever heard you use profanity or cursing? Now, if they have... We've sent a strong message to them about who we are, what we are, and what we believe. And we've sent a message that Christianity really is not what it's cracked up to be. When they hear us use words like that or talk in filthy language about sexual things and and tell jokes and those things, they look at us and say, well, I'm just as good as they are. And all these things that I've mentioned thus far is is a sin. Cursing is a sin. Lying is a sin. Flattery and and unsincere comments to people and to to take and and bring uh, laughter about someone is a sin. And often our speech is filled with that. 
So, are you using those words? Are you talking that way? It's not what God wants us to do. I can assure you, unrepented of, we will not make it to heaven. You think about that. Would you curse and use the words that you use every day? Older people and our younger people? If Jesus was standing right here, would we talk the way we talk if our Lord was standing here? And probably the answer to that is no, I wouldn't. Because I would want him to, to think that I was a good person. Well, really, he knows. He doesn't have to be standing here. But cursing. Such a person's lamp would soon be put out in a deep darkness in using those words. Speaking evil of others. Sometimes people feel like they have to curse to get their point across. I have to use those words to let people know that I'm mad. Had a man tell me one time, it just shows your lack of, of wisdom and knowledge, your lack of learning, your vocabulary, when we have to do that. But what about in the last few minutes that we have, what about constructive? We talked about destructive speech that harms and speech that does us no good and is a bad example to others. But what about constructive speech that is good, speech that is uplifting, good words? Proverbs 10 and verse 11 has something to say about that. Words of righteous, <coughs> righteous words. And in verse 20 and 21 of that same chapter, the tongue of the just is a choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. A well life, a good life. A choice silver that feeds many. Pleasant words, Proverbs 16 and 24. Speaks of it as a honeycomb, sweet words. Sweetness to the soul, health to the bones. Are those words that you and I should be guilty of using? Some people, uh, and we, I think we're all capable of it, have the ability to use our words and the tones of our voices to cut very, very, very deep. We use our words and the tones, the way we say things, to let people know whether we approve or disapprove of maybe whatever the case may be. And I think that we have to guard against those things. Because again, we as all as Christians... People are looking at us. People are listening to you when you reply to them back at work or when you reply at school or, or whatever the case is. They're, they're listening to how you do that. How many times have you walked away from someone speaking and saying something and said, man, they must be having a bad day. <laughs> or wow, 
Why'd they say that like they did to me? And often we find ourselves in, in having terrible days and we often are shorter than we would normally be. But you know, that brings us to our next thought, timely and controlled words. Well-timed words. Proverbs 15 and verse 23 speaks of, of words that are timely uh, used, well-timed, if you will. In verse 23, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? A, in good season there means the right time. How many times has someone spoken to you and said something encouraging and you made the statement that says, oh, boy, I really needed that. I needed to hear those words today. It may be that spouse or, or maybe that child or that child to the parent. It may be that co-worker. It may be that brother or sister that's struggling in the congregation here with whatever the case may be that really needs to hear that word, that encouraging word, that well-timed word. Proverbs 25 and 11 speaks of they're like apples of gold in the setting of silver. Those well thought out words studied carefully by a righteous person on how best to answer that person or that uh, situation you're in. How can I best answer the situation that I'm in or has been asked to me a question? How can I best answer that? Sometimes I think we need or I want to say sometimes we do need to ask God's help. How can I best answer or reply to this? Often in our social media, there's so many times that words and phrases are misunderstood. Sometimes it's spoken in a way that you really don't know the tone of voice and you're like, oh, was that meant to be was that meant to be hurtful or was that meant to be whatever? And we have to be careful about those things. They don't have an autocorrect for that, just for spelling. And sometimes that puts what you don't want it to put, I promise you. <laughs> you probably had that to happen to you. But again, those controlled words, those that benefit people. Proverbs 13, 2, 3. Words that benefit people. I want to challenge you tonight that as we leave here tonight, <clears throat> let your season, let your, your speech be seasoned with salt. Things that you say, think about it. in the coming week. Think about what you say before you say it. And try to let your words be encouraging. I know there are situations where we have to be, you know, those of you who work uh, employees and things, sometimes you have situations that you have to be pretty stern. And you have to say, now this is what's got to happen. I understand that. But we can still do it in a loving and kind way. I played football under a high school coach that I never heard him use a curse word. And that's really a thing of the past, <laughs> believe me. 
never used. Sometimes coaches think they have to curse to get their point across. He never did. He had our attention. When we came off that field and he pulled us over by our face mask, and sometimes it was pretty hard, but he pulled us over and he spoke just like I'm talking right now. He never screamed. He never cursed me. I never heard him say a curse word. But I knew the next time that I need not to let it happen again. We can have kind words and still get our point across in those situations. So tonight, from Proverbs, we learn the value of being careful of our speech, avoiding much harm, doing much good to ourselves and others. But I want to challenge you tonight again that to use that speech this week the right way towards that coworker. I don't care how stressed we get at work. Let's think about what we say. And I want to tell you, think about the dignity of other, other people. We in education, sometimes we often say things in a way to our children that really, we're trying to get their attention, but, and I've had to do it before, but Sometimes we lose the thought of their dignity, that they're still a person. Sometimes that employer doesn't do what we want them to do, or that employee, they're still a person. Sometimes that son or daughter or that husband or that wife doesn't do exactly how we think they should. Guess what? They're still a person. God created them. Let our speech always be seasoned with grace. Colossians 4 and verse 16. And let good words come out of our mouth. Tonight, maybe you have been guilty of not so good words. <clears throat> maybe you have left the impression with people that you're not so such a good person either by what you said, how you said it. And maybe you've left the wrong impression about what a Christian is in the world in which you live. And maybe you've sinned. Maybe you've told some lies. Maybe you've been guilty of some of these things, some gossip. And maybe it needs to be repented of. Tonight, we encourage you to do that, to get back right with the Lord. Tonight, maybe you need to become a Christian, put him on in baptism, and be added to the Lord's church. We encourage you. Let the church help you. Let us pray with you and for you. Let us help you go to heaven. Let us help you. Let God help you. Jesus and his word help you be a person, a good person the one that God wants us to be, that you can be that good example to your family and others around you. Tonight, whatever your need may be, please come. And together we stand and as we sing.